Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are here for another episode in the Back to the Past. We are doing another Flash Alternate History episode. Yes, this is the second Flash Alternate History, and we are here with hosts Nick and Rohan, and obviously me, host Tej. And before we get into the episode, we have a big announcement. So we have an important announcement to make. This is the last episode of season two. Season two, we've had a good run. I, I think this is the 12th or 13th episode now of the season. So we'll be taking a short break. So probably around a week or two, but at the end of May will be the next and the first episode of season three. So 25th of May is when we're targeting. And in between the, the break, we'll also have some a few announcements that will launch on our Twitter Make sure you're followed to our Twitter so you can stay tuned. Like, for example, we're launching a new social media, which you should definitely check out when we release it public. So now moving on to the first scenario. What if the Suez Canal was never constructed? My idea is that it's going to really start to restrict trade. And I think it's an eventuality with technology. But if we're just saying it's never built because people didn't think about it, I think for number one, we have to note that it's really going to obstruct trade. And it's also going to limit the importance of Africa, specifically during World War II, where the Italian goal, the Italian and German North African campaign goals was to uh, limit Africa. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Another thing I was thinking also, what would happen to the British Empire? I mean, they control this vital pipeline. And if you think about it, it allowed the United Kingdom and her navy to go to her crown jewel, the British Fraj. Because if not, they would have to go across the crown of Africa. And I don't think that the sustainability of a colony in India, of the whole country, for example, would really be sustainable. Or very be as integrated yeah, like I as said, it the is. Only reason it why was that, in our uh, timeline. For example, Britain was able to uh, survive during World War II, for example, is because of the fact, well, besides, well, in the first part, was because of the fact that they actually imported a lot of food from Bengal, which caused a whole lot of you know, like the whole Bengal food crisis where that killed millions and still leaves a sour taste in Bengal people's opinion on Winston Churchill. And like I like I said, 100% agree with you. I don't think that India would be part of the British Empire for as long as it was, which was 1947. That's actually, I didn't know that the British were even importing food. I was just thinking more like, because in general, no, 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 you're right. Uh, well, I looked up Bengal famine. I got Bengal famine in 1943. Yeah, man-made, because it was created by intensified by wartime colonial policies. Yeah, you got a point. I didn't even think. I didn't, you know, I didn't even know there was actually a food crisis, and I just looked it up. And yeah, that's pretty interesting. Another thing I wanted to mention is that India actually provided a huge amount of manpower for Her Majesty's um, empire. And that man, I mean, the, Brit, the United Kingdom just doesn't have the same amount of population. Forget about that. It doesn't have the population to manage all her colonies and Europe. It just doesn't. I think the, the British would be a much minor power without the Suez Canal, and they would probably require more help from the United States than they did in our timeline. All right, so very good point by Rohan here. I 100% agree with him. My next scenario is kind of unusual, but it's pretty important towards modern day, and that is what if the three-mile – Island accident didn't happen. So for a little bit of context, a three mile isle accident was actually a nuclear. It was a nuclear incident actually in around 1979. The year was, and it was actually a loss of a lot of coolant and a partial core meltdown, and actually had a lot of side side effects. Now it had zero casualties, but it was actually ranked 
a five on the NES rating scale, which actually, which actually, uh, for example, Fukushima, was, I believe, was rated a seven on the NES rating scale. And also cost America around $2.4 billion to clean up. So that's kind of what set why we are so anti-nuclear now, nuclear power nowadays. So what do you think? If that never happened, do you think America would be as would be open to nuclear power or no? If like America has no reason to like stop like nuclear build, development, there will be no reason to for have anti-nuclear sentiment. So like obviously this incident caused a lot of like economic back, uh, economic spending and debt obviously because during that time well, there was, was zero there was zero casualties there. money that I was going to spend extra yes but i'm just saying like during the 19 can you say the date again 1970 yeah so during 1979 an incident like that would have caused america american government spent extra money that money was probably coming out of their debt right because they're not going to get it from their like revenue and their taxes, right? Because it was an incident that they never predicted, right? And that caused a lot of backlash from the American public. And obviously, politicians do their own thing, uh, use this for their own ideologies or ideas to spread to the public, and the public gets mad even more. So obviously, with an incident like that, there will be no more American spending. And it was like about $2 billion, like Nick said. So yeah, obviously, America will be more open to nuclear development, new nuclear technologies, who knows? I, before I start my point, I just want to mention something funny. So the crisis happened on March 28th, 1979. And earlier that month, a movie called The China Syndrome came out. And the film was about dealing with the aftermath of a fictional... Oh yeah, that's very important. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that's very important to mention. Thank you for mentioning that. It's actually very important. Keep, keep going, 100% important. The film dealt with the aftermath of a fictional nuclear meltdown at a reactor outside of Los Angeles. And the funny thing is, the nuclear industry dismissed the China Syndrome plot as far-fetched because they thought meltdowns were almost impossible, black swan events. And then later that month, the Three Mile Incident happened. So now, let's move on to my point. What if it never happened? So, I think America, like Ted said, would be much more open to nuclear power. And I think that would affect us to this day. I mean... The issue with renewables in this time is that they're not, let's say you have a solar panel, they don't work at night, right? So how are you going to get power at night? Because battery storage isn't the best. And that's where nuclear power comes in because nuclear power is almost as clean as renewables. The only thing is you have to mine uranium and you have nuclear waste. But I mean, it doesn't produce emissions. The actual burning of the uranium and using it doesn't promote, produce emissions. And if the American government were spending more on nuclear technology, would be we would probably have the cleaner version of nuclear. Um, I think it's called fusion, which is basically what the sun does. And if the American government was spending this money on nuclear reactors and stuff, there's no doubt that they'd be spending on R and D for processes such as nuclear fusion, which is picking up steam now. But if had the steam in the '70s, we would probably have a good fusion. And the advantage of the fusion is that it doesn't produce radioactive waste. It produces more energy, and it doesn't produce radioactive waste. So fusion could have we could have been we could have had the ultimate renewable energy long before the the cries of the two thousands actually the sorry the twenty first century my bad actually happened. So we could have replaced 
our carbon-based energy grid slowly, and we'd be done by the 21st century. Yeah, it's also very important to note that because of the fact that that if we do it by the 21st century, we probably would only be major. I don't know when our peak carbon emissions would be because our in our original scenario around the time when Bill Clinton started coming into office, say 1993, the charts started going up, 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 and up, and actually reached a peak, I believe, around 2008. Although it's kind of it's kind of kind of a mixed bag. It comes from the EPA. I saw this. I was reading up on it. But yeah, very important to mention that. Great job. I I completely forgot to mention the China syndrome. All right. Our next scenario is: What if the RMS Lusitania was not sunk by a German U-boat off the coast of Ireland? I think this happened around 1960, 1970. 1915. Lusitania was in 1950. Oh, that's my bad. It didn't bring the U.S. into the war, but it still angered the American public because this is U.S. citizens being killed on a civilian liner. Civilian. Granted, it was carrying ammunition for England, but it was in the eyes of the public. It was still a civilian ship carrying civilian American citizens. And this really angered the American public. So what if the German sub didn't sink the Lusitania? Would America join the war still? How would American public sentiment be? Now, I, it depends on what, how stupid the Germans are. Talking about the German government specifically, being Kaiser Wilhelm. So the question is, is like, how are we gonna how are we gonna determine that? So the so the Lusitania is really the first step to where America's like, okay, we gotta be ready to fight these the Germans any other time. In which in a different presidency, for example, which if we talked, I think we talked about Teddy Roosevelt in our last flash alternate history, if he was president in 1912. Like I said, I think we would probably be at war in like around 1915, 1916. But getting back on point here, so I think that I think it's more of an inevitability than a possibility because Woodrow Wilson was pushing for war. I don't know if you guys know this, but Woodrow Wilson was pretty much of a war hawk while the Republicans in Congress really prevented him from doing what he wanted. Furthermore, we also have to talk about the fact that the Zimmerman telegram would probably still happen in this scenario regardless with this the Zimmerman, Zimmerman telegram promising some of Mexico's former territories up in the northern, the southern, western United States southwestern united states during this time so i think it's really more of an inevitability rather than a a possibility is anyone going to respond it's all quiet i mean nick yeah that's a fair point unfortunately that point doesn't really allow as much discussion so let's move on to the next scenario what if the irish potato famine never happened so in this scenario we have instead of we have to also relate to America because of the fact that America received a ton of immigrants from due to this famine. So if the Irish potato famine never happened. For example, there'd be a ton of more Irish people living in Ireland and speaking Irish, and we could also talk about the lost population growth that should have happened because of this. In, in America, though, for example, we also have to look at the population loss and the fact that industrialization might be a little bit slower due to the lack of immigrants, specifically Irish in this case which is almost basically a majority of their immigration along with Germans. So basically cutting that down by a good portion, I think that's a pretty big deal. Besides that, we also have to mention that one specific president actually was descended from one of these families that moved during the Irish potato famine, that being John F. Kennedy. In fact, the Fitzgeralds actually came over during this time period, which was John F. Kennedy's mother's side. So in this scenario, if the Fitzgeralds never decided to come come to America, we could also potentially see JFK never existing for all we know. He could just simply not be born in this timeline. And I think that could be a very big influence on American culture today as we see JFK as a 
a wondrous, charming young man, if you get what I mean. The Irish and their immigrants and their descendants have been influential throughout history. I mean, look at one of the biggest banks in the world, J.P. Morgan Chase, founded by J.P. Morgan, an Irish descendant of an immigrant. I mean, all these big banks, institutions, all these big companies, a lot of them, they're founded by Irish descendants back in those days. I mean, the Irish have had an enormous impact on American culture. And I just can't stress that enough. Enormous. So taking that away is changing, I feel like, the very fundamental growth of America. You're, yeah, you're definitely not wrong about that, for sure. For sure. And uh, I don't have much else to say about this. What about you? I mean, like, in general, if the Irish potato famine will never happen, obviously, uh, Ireland will have a bigger population. And a bigger population means more people. And I still think, like, I think before the Irish potato famine, they had, like, poverty problems or, like, the like there's, like, a big gap of, like, wealth inequality. So I think even though, like, there won't be, like, an Irish potato famine, a bigger population will cause more poverty and there will still be a lot of problems in Ireland due to its, like, like the events that was going on during the time period. That's like a general statement for me, general point I have. All right, so the next scenario we're going to do is what if America won the War of 1812? Short background, the War of 1812 was a war between the British and the Americans. It, the British, this war was caused by conflicts between the British and American due to... British mercenaries capturing American sailors, and basically conflicts after the American Revolutionary. Uh, short story, uh, neither side won, even though both sides say they won, but let's say America won in this scenario. So my point of view, and this is like a very like easy and a very popular take, is that America gets all of Canada except for Quebec, because Quebec will probably never be influenced and ever submit to American control. So they will probably get their independence. So that's a very easy and popular take. But if you guys want to have your own versions, go ahead. Well, personally, I do think, I do think that honestly, if America, so we're saying if America won, correct? Yes. Okay. So if America won the, the war, if America won the war of 1812, you're a hundred percent right about the fact that they would take Canada. But I think you you forgot to mention that I don't feel like diplomatic relations would also be the same with Eng England because I feel like England would still have a, a pretty big grudge towards the American colonies. And this would probably be seen later on throughout the course of uh, American history, for example. Like maybe in this scenario, we see that British recognize the CSA in the Civil War quicker than they – well, they didn't even recognize them in the original Civil War scenario. And getting and getting back on topic, we could also talk about – World War. We could get into the hundred years into the future in World War One, where we could potentially see a United States plus Canada Union be siding with Germany. And despite that, we could also talk about, for example, the Mexican-American War. And I know I'm going back and jumping back and forth in time, but the Mexican-American War. We could also potentially see Mexico, despite despite America only taking about a third of their territory, which was the un underpopulated region. 
I, there's definitely a case to where America could have actually taken all of Mexico, actually. And maybe in this scenario, America's just more imperialistic or more aggressive overall. I mean, yeah, if America won a complete victory, they would obviously annex Canada. And I think overall, there would just be this grudge, as Nick was describing, between the UK and the US. Because in our timeline, the 1812 war, and I think the Oregon Compromise just kind of started improving relations between the two nations. England stopped really caring about the 13 colonies too much, and they just viewed them as a nation rather as a former colony. So if the United States won this war, I think England would just, they just wouldn't ever really get together. They wouldn't really be friendly with each other for a long time. Now let's move on to our next scenario. If the Gallipoli campaign succeeded, then obviously the Allies will get a huge advantage and take control of Turkey because they obviously have Constantinople. And obviously this will give Ewan a huge more reputation to Winston Churchill, who was leading the campaign, and also will give a huge moral support to the troops and to the nations during the war. And it will change the whole like war game plan. And like obviously the opposite opposite side of the Allies were known as the Axes, losing total control of Turkey is gonna really, really hurt them. And we could have seen like a different World War One strategy or a different World War One endgame strategy of Germany where they have to think of something because of this campaign. That's that's the best I got. Well, the Turks weren't really that much of an effective fighting machine. And besides, uh, one important part you forgot to mention is that is regarding to the Sykes-Picot agreement made by the British and French. It's basically basically guaranteeing them pretty big spheres of influence. And, and this was actually over-exacerbated than what we see from modern day. For example, Turkey was a lot smaller, actually. And, for, and we saw Greece, for example, reclaim Constantinople. Or if not, it was an international zone. I'm not precisely sure about it. And also Italy, I mean- surprisingly, had a pretty chunky claim to turkey which is pretty interesting so i think if you have to mention if you have to mention that as well that would probably become into effect and it depends on how well ataturk could actually unite turks into a into a fighting force against the invading armies but otherwise i don't know if it would end the war exactly early but i do think you have a fair point what what touched that specifically yeah if the if the allies were able to conquer and occupy Istanbul or Constantinople, however you want to say it. I mean, that essentially means the Ottoman Empire is out. Forget about having to get a separate peace deal with them later on the war and then fight a civil war. The Allies, they own the Ottoman Empire, essentially. They can peace them out. So the Allies can then deal with Germany and the Austro-Hungarians instead of having to deal with the Ottomans, too. So I think it's just going to allow the British just to focus their efforts more because this happened during 1915 1916 so it was the middle of the war it wasn't the end game but i think it just allows the allies to focus and i think maybe even end the war earlier potentially or at least just have a more allied dominance in the re- in the area during the war well that's all we have for today once again thank you for watching this episode of back to the past the alternate history podcast as you heard before, we will be entering a month-long hiatus due to certain issues in which we need to take care of. However, we have tons of new things coming in store for you guys soon. 
To stay updated, follow us on Twitter at BackToThePastP1, as we will soon be announcing a new social media along with other news surrounding the podcast. Thank you.